Hello, I'm Brian Bonds, Treasury Executive for Tech Media Telecom Group here at Bank of America, and you're listening to Treasury Insights Podcast. With me today is Daniel Stanton, Head of Transactional FX at Bank of America. Today, we'll explore the future trends of transactional FX, otherwise known as TFX. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. So, Daniel, the number of transactions shifting to digital has been expanding in recent years. Given your experience, what are some of the most impactful trends you've seen evolve in the last years? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Brian. And this is a really good question. So over the last couple of years, we have experienced quite a few very impactful global events, right? So some of the trends that we've seen as a result of this and even beyond is the emergence of paperless FX, right? The ability for our customers to interact with their payment providers and financial institutions in a more digital way, especially when we're talking about exotic markets such as in APAC, China, India, as well as in Brazil. But also what we've seen is the importance of an omni-channel experience, the ability to mix and match regardless of how companies decide to interact with their providers of products and services, the experience is the same across API, host-to-host, or even their online experience. Transparency is also key. In terms of the access to information to allow for quicker and upfront decisions, capabilities such as GPI, real-time payments, even account validation services, which allows our clients to mitigate fraud risk by validating that the beneficiary that they're paying, either a company or an individual, is actually valid, but also allowing companies to reduce their dependency on what is referred to as PVT testing as well. And then simplicity is key, reducing and rationalizing the amounts of accounts that clients have, as well as integration points, establishing payment ecosystems from a payments, receipts, and also from an overall risk management perspective is key. Great. So more digital, a consistent user experience with transparency and keep it simple. Sounds pretty good. So why do you see change coming in the future for the TFX business? Well, one of the main reasons why we're seeing some changes occurring is shifting in regulations, especially when we think about our more currency-controlled markets, which we discussed a little bit on the prior question around some of these emerging markets in APEC as well as in LATAM. So as these markets continue to take on more cross-border commerce and supply chain, we're seeing more clients move money into those countries and become what we like to refer to as accidentally global. So with that and with the shifts in regulations, we're seeing the need to be able to keep up with the industry when it comes to digitizing documentation, but also the access to information and the access to funds. So we talked a little bit about real-time payments and the ability to have on-demand access to funds. So as regulations shift and capabilities look to keep up with that, we do expect a lot more benefit and value-added services to come as regulations continue to shift. One thing that we're seeing in LATAM, in Brazil more specifically, is a new law which will allow for the deregulation of the Brazilian RIAI which allows this currency to be traded similar to your traditional G10 currencies in a sense that it can be held 
outside of Brazil and providing greater value to customers as a whole. So that's a quite significant change that we will see in Brazil within the next 18 to 24 months. Also, we're seeing changes in customer demands as well, a theme that we like to refer to as consumerization. And the way we like to think about that is we think about it in our personal lives, right? We have access to information within the palm of our hand. We can make payments simply, cost-effective, very efficient. We're also seeing companies looking for a similar experience as well. So what you're seeing in domestic payments, we're seeing the emergence of digital wallets and stable coins, different ways to transfer and store value. But we don't necessarily see that same level of innovation from a cross-border standpoint, at least not yet, at least not at the same speed. But we do expect to see that accelerated here over the next 12 to 18 months. But we're also seeing greater innovations and options as well. So even beyond your wallet providers, we're seeing more emerging technologies such as pay to card, paying directly to the beneficiary's card and or their bank card as well. So we definitely see a lot of acceleration there. The pandemic has definitely helped that. But we do expect to see much more occurring in the B2C space and even more so in the B2B market as the years progress. Yeah, so regulations, keeping current on changing customer behaviors, as well being on the forefront of innovation and the cross-border payment space all sound super important in this space. So what are some emerging capabilities that you've seen recently in this space that you think will be important in the future? Well, payment ecosystems, for one, is what we'll see expanding here. So we talked a little bit about a single connect point for established services, right? So having customers' ERPs or their TMS platforms fully integrated into their payment value chain. We also like to refer to it as a hub of value-added services with that single integration. We'll also see greater choice and cheaper options and a more simplified client experience with these payment hubs or ecosystems that we'll see being established here in the short term. Real-time payments internationally will definitely be key in terms of how the industry continues to evolve. If you can think about the concept of on-demand payments or payroll, right? Shortening that window so that beneficiaries have access to money quicker to improve their livelihood, but also to procure products and services on their own. So we'll definitely start to see a shift from your traditional salary and payroll cycles more to a shortened window there as well, especially when we think about the gig economy and global e-commerce, the on-demand payments, the ability to, as your product and service is being delivered, having a request for payment submitted and then having the funds delivered almost immediately is a huge value add and will definitely change the market quite significantly. We'll also see more integrated payment portals. So a concept where beneficiaries have more control over how they decide to be paid. Imagine being able to go into a portal and define, I want to get paid directly to my wallet, or I want funds immediately into my account, so I want to wire, or I'm more cost conscious, I don't want to pay for the lifting fees or the correspondent fees that are taken out when you're doing your traditional wires. So I want to choose to get paid as an ACH transaction. So those are some of the experiences that we see 
in our personal lives, but not so much from a cross-border and from a corporate commercial standpoint. So we will start seeing more of these technologies become available in the market, providing additional value-added services there. And then lastly, I would say more intelligent payment routing, machine learning and AI, platforms learning from the companies that interact with them using their information, using their data to identify the most cost-effective, the most operationally efficient way to move value and to move funds. We'll start to see more of that integrated completely into the value chain, providing not only benefit to the company that is initiating the transactions, but also to the beneficiaries as well. Yeah, great. I mean, creation of payment ecosystems, increased visibility and control, integrated payment portals sounds as if that is an improvement of a user experience from an end-to-end perspective, as well as intelligent payment routing, lessening friction, and giving more transparency, all within the digital transparent and simplicity theme that was running throughout this podcast. So thank you, Daniel, for the time today. I think it's very informative and gives our audience a lot to think about. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for having me. So thank you for listening to our Treasury Insights podcast series and join us again to hear more. Bank of America and B of A Securities are the marketing names used by the global banking and global markets divisions of Bank of America Corporation. Lending, other commercial banking activities, and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Trading in securities and financial instruments and strategic advisory and other investment banking activities are performed globally by investment banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, investment banking affiliates, including in the United States, B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp., both of which are registered broker-dealers and members of SIPC and in other jurisdictions by locally registered entities. B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp. are registered as futures commission merchants with the CFTC and are members of the NFA. Investment products offered by investment banking affiliates are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.